this thing's already recording. <laughs> Alright guys, so uh, here's what I have for you today. Um, this is a concept, right? And uh, not so much an observation, De- definitely a thought. You know? And uh, this thought, uh, it just came across me today. And uh, what we're talking about here is literally something that would ruin society in America today as we know it it would just ruin it everything you know uh, things are pretty bad as they are and they're getting worse and they're going to get worse you know nerves and inflation hyperinflation you know not seen since 40 years you know things of that nature uh and this concept came to me as I thought about you know when I was uh you know my 30s uh my, my uh, early 30s I'm 37 now and uh you know, I thought to myself one day, I was like, you know, I really got to raise the bar. You know, you know, I really got to raise the standards a bit. You know, I got to hold myself to some higher, higher standards. A lot of those standards that, you know, a man should actually hold himself to, you know, eventually in his life. You know, maybe earlier on in life, if, if he uh, matures enough, fast enough, or, or uh, if life di- dictates that, right? And so I said to myself, yeah, let's... Uh, Let's hold ourselves to a, to a higher standard. I'm gonna wake up this time. I'm gonna do this, I'm gonna do that, all right? Now these standards that I started holding myself to, um, they came about because of, you know, uh, shortcomings, all right? Financial shortcomings, you know, uh, relationship shortcomings, living standards, a lot of those things, all right? And just a bit about my past, uh, you know, I, I live in North Texas now and uh, I've lived in the Bronx I was raised in the Bronx, a Caribbean family, you know, immigrant family, uh, yada, yada, you know, you've, you've heard that story a million times, Immig- immigrant family came to the U.S. to try to look for a better life. It, we all know that story, and I lived it. Came to Texas, and uh, it's a completely different demogra- demographic from New York City. And uh, it took some adjustment, and that adjustment was wild, all right? Let me, let me tell you a bit about that, because... You know, an immigrant living living in New York City, you see other immigrants there and you say to yourself, oh, they're poor too. Oh, there's richer people in Manhattan than there are in the other boroughs. Oh, I want to live in the borough, uh, in, in Manhattan. I want to live in Island. I want to live on Long Island, you know, at the farther end. I want to live, you know, outside of the city and have to drive into work. You say, you say to yourself things like that. You're like, oh, that's the next level up. And... You know, being a poor immigrant family, you know, you're looking for those ins and outs, you know, those 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 ins to those those fields that can get you there. And so when you come to Texas and you say to yourself, oh, wow, here goes a completely different demographic of people. Some poor, some not. And their standards of living are way better than New York's. Poor people and rich people and middle class people living much better living standards than New York City. Yeah, no rats, no roaches in the kitchen. Just a normal apartment, a playground, a dog park. You can walk to school and, you know, not have to worry about snow, stray dogs, crackheads, AIDS needles on the trees. You can walk in the grass barefoot. You can walk on the grass barefoot. I'm, I kid you not, I was not allowed to go to the park. I was across the street from my uh, family home in New York because there's just crack needles that are just ready to get you and you know late 80s early 90s is just AIDS was crazy we didn't know what it really was back then and 
you know, kids and drugs are just, you know, it's bound to mix and mingle, right? It was, it was a bad situation in, in New York. It got cleaned up eventually. You know, I didn't really get to see the cleaner, the cleaning up portion. You know, I left for way before then. I was you know, a teenager pretty much when I came to Texas. So, you know, that's that's my story. You know, I come here and I see that there's a, a next level up, a next standard of living that even poor people can live in in much decent conditions, right? So I say to myself as I'm 30, and I was like, oh, you know, I, I, I need to level up again, you know? At 30, I knew that I didn't want to be a guy in an apartment complex anymore. I knew I didn't want to be the guy with the cars in the apartment complex, three or four cars there, you know? And I was that guy, <laughs> All right? I had a car, a truck, and a motorcycle in an apartment complex. I was like, what the fuck am I doing? You know, <laughs> I was like, what am I doing here? I'm not making any uh, gains in life. These possessions aren't winning me any trophies, okay? And so I said to myself, you know, I got to move to the next level. And the next level was a space of my own, right? And so I started working on that. And it took some self-assessment, you know, and I saw where my shortcomings were. There, I had applied for a home uh, in my 20s and I got turned down. And for good reason, I wasn't ready then. They told me that I needed a bigger loan. And I, in my uh, early 30s, uh, actually, I, I believe it was 29 or 30, uh, when I bought this uh, Toyota pickup truck. It's the first auto loan I've ever had um, through a, you know, a bank. Uh, and, you know, I started paying it off. I, I had a business that I was running in 2016 and, you know, it did well. And uh, I, I messed up the tax system and, you know, I paid for it. <laughs> Let's just say I paid for that shit real quick, you know. Uh, and long story short is I didn't get to pay off that truck that year like I thought I was. You know, I was going to pay it off within one year. You know, $16,000 truck. I was going to pay that shit off and never have a car payment. I've already built my credit, you know. Uh, credit was looking great. I was ready to roll and boom, you know, that crisis hit. You know, I didn't run my taxes correctly and boom, I got a truck payment now and no business. All right. So life, uh, life happens, made a, made a bad choice. And so I built my credit up nonetheless. And, uh, it was, uh, you know, a few years from, from today. And I bought a, a couple years from today, I bought a house and I was like, all right, cool. This is the next level. The house is not the best, but it is a house. And I bought it during the crisis. Uh, so uh, I was like, yeah, this is good. This is good. This is a good start. I know I don't, I'm not in love with this house. I'm in it right now. Uh, recording this podcast. I'm not in love with it. Uh, mainly because of my neighbors, they suck. Um, they're, they're shooters. <laughs> yeah, they're, they're definitely shooters. And, uh, but you know, this, uh, generation of mine and the one that's coming after it and the one after that, they're going to be locked out of the market. So I said, you know what, let me go ahead and get into the market. Even if it's a, a shitty situation. And I was right about that because the equity is nice, right? So I was like, yeah, I'm making the moves to raise my standards of living. And along that that journey, you know, I, I said to myself, there's a, a few things that I need to s- decide for myself as to what is the next level up, right? What is the next level up? You know, raising that standard, raising that bar, right? And I looked at every aspect of my life. I said to myself, all right, these things need to change immediately. All right. I had two motorcycles. I got rid of one of them. I don't even, I don't, you only need one. I had two 
vehicles, a, a truck and, and, a, and a SUV, I now only have the truck and the motorcycle. I don't need a, the extra SUV. I'm not going to New York and driving the snow. I had a Subaru. I love Subarus to death. You know, I love a lot of cars. I'm, I'm definitely a car guy, you know, car and bike guy. I used to love having fast cars and stuff. And now, I'm, yeah, you know, I've had my troubles in my 20s. <laughs> you, guys, you guys listen to this. You guys know what kind of trouble I'm talking about, you know. Texas is definitely not the type of place to get in those kind of troubles, all right? I've been in them, all right? So I got rid of those those troublesome things, right? And my job situation got horrible over the pandemic, you know? I knew I was going to get laid off. I was working for a big tech company, um, and I've been doing tech companies, large ones, since uh, maybe I was 24 or 25. And, you know, so I've always been doing well you know, financially, but I never really had anything to show for it. Does that sound familiar to any of you guys? You know, you, you make the money, you know, you're making 40, 50, 60, 70, 80,000, you know, uh, 115,000, <laughs> you know, you coding, whatever. And you don't really have much to show for it. You're the guy making $103,000 a year, living in an apartment with a girlfriend someplace, or maybe you don't have a girlfriend. Uh, you got a dog and you got a, a BMW outside. You got an Audi. In my case, I had an Audi. You you have a motorcycle. You have you have a kayak in your living room. You know, you got three or four bicycles, different types of bicycles. You have all these possessions and stuff, but you don't really have anything to show for that amount of money that you're making a year. When there are families out there that survive off of 55000 a year household income in the U.S., you know, the average household income in the U.S. 55,000, right? So you're saying to yourself, damn, what am I doing wrong here? And that's what, that's, that's that, that's exactly where I came to, you know, making good money, but what the hell am I doing here? I, I don't have anything to show for it. So I made some plans, guys. I made plans to raise the bar and also lower my footprint, right? Raise the bar, raise the standards of living, you know, raise the income if I can, um, and also lower my footprint because those possessions were killing me, man. The insurance on the vehicles, you know, the insurance on the apartment and the constant, you know, worry over towing and things like that. And the rent constantly increasing and, you know, the fancy clothes for work and the fancy clothes for going out with your friends and clubbing and stuff, the travels and stuff. What was, what was I doing, you know? And so in my 30s, I just started limiting all that. And uh, I slowly started to see increases in my mental health and physical health and love life. And, you know, I've hit bumps in the road love life wise and health wise and, you know, mental health wise. But they weren't as significant as they were in my 20s. They were, you know, minor at best, you know. Uh, And so I said to myself, you know. You know, for this podcast, I was like, what happens when a lot of men make the same choices that I made? I'm no rich guy. I'm no high valued man, as you hear in like social media. I'm not that guy. You know, even if I've made six figures doing tech jobs and stuff, I'm not a high valued man by any standard because I don't really have much to show for it. I don't have a wife and kids. I don't have I hardly even have a girlfriend. I'm just dating someone right now and they don't even take me serious. You know, I, I live in a small house in a hood of of North Texas and I got bullets, bullet holes in my truck. You know, I, <laughs> I'm not a high value man, guys. You know, I, you know, the money I can go, go out there and make it, but I'm trying to make it so that 
I can do healthier things with my life and healthier things for the people in my life. That's what I want to do with the money. I don't want to travel around the world anymore. Sure. Somebody wants to go travel with me and then, you know, sure, I'll I'll go take a trip here and there. But that's not my goal in life is to uh, take that uh, trip to Japan, trip to Timbuktu or, or wherever. You know, those are those are nice things. Those are nice things. But you know, that's not necessarily my purpose in life to be a wayfarer. It's not my purpose in life to have a, a mansion because you actually don't really need a mansion. It, who's going to clean that shit <laughs> when you're 60 and you're climbing up on the ladder to change the light bulb? Come on, bro. Get real. You know, I got, I got my parents are getting older and I, I tell my mom all the time. I was like, look, look, my you got you have a house with a basement and an upstairs. It's like, I don't want you going up and down stairs. And she actually did fall downstairs. And my dad didn't even hear her. He sleeps heavily and he didn't hear her fall. You know, I'm sure he feels terrible. I don't know why I'm telling you guys about this on the podcast. <laughs> but, you know, things like that worry me. And I want to prepare for the future. I want to prepare for all kinds of things. I'm 37. I don't have a family or wife or anything. You know, that's depressing to talk about. But it's also just a matter of fact. Right. A lot of you guys are in my same situation. You guys are trying to figure out where you fit into the the puzzle, you know, or do you create the puzzle and, you know, things of that nature. Right. And so when I say to you, raise the bar. Right. I came to this conclusion that if men say to themselves throughout their life that I need to raise the bar, I need to raise the bar. You got to also ask yourself, why? Why are you raising the bar? What What is there to be had? I watched a video on YouTube recently. This guy, uh, Andrew Tate, real popular in, in social media. Um, you know, he's got this platform that he, uh, you know, he has people out there advertising his his, uh, his videos, and he says some wild things. No, actually, not wild; they're very real. I, I do uh, appreciate some of the things that he says. I don't like the way that he trolls them, but you know, he does say some very truthful things about you know men and women's dynamics. You know, it's you know, I'm I'm only a fan of the fact that he's driven. Uh, the way that he trolls, eh, whatever, you know, he's put himself together and he's telling other people to do the same. So that's good. Uh, yeah, I watched a couple of his videos and I, you know, I noticed that, you know, he, he's a built guy. He's built his success over, you know, years, him and his brother, you know, they have a, a tight knit uh, operation and they always have. I, I like that dynamic. I can, I can definitely uh, appreciate that. I have that with one, one other friend who, uh, you know, he's not a family member like, you know, Tate's situation, but, you know, I said, oh man, that is, that's next level right there. That's, that's another thing that I need. And, you know, I developed that, you know, with a friend, you know, uh, your friend circle gets smaller in life and you basically weed out all the, uh, you know, the unsavory characters that are really holding you back in life. You know, they actually are holding you back in life. I, I did that. And, you know, I have people in my life that are bringing me value. So that's the next bar, guys. The next bar for me was to, well, not only that, but this is one of the bars, is that I needed to have quality people in my circle, you know, the, the, the inner, inner circle. You know, family may not be a viable option for a lot of people, but a person that treats you like a brother, that treats you like a friend, treats you like a, you know, you know a companion or whatever, it could be a spouse, it could be a girlfriend, it could be, you know, a, a younger sibling, older sibling, it could be a cousin that you just have the same mindset or whatever, but you need that throughout your life at all stages. You know, in your younger life, midlife like me, or 
older life. You, you actually do need that that type of, uh, you know, close-knitness with, with one or two other people. You need a team, you know. Uh, and so I got that. Got that down. Boom. Check. Right. I got rid of some of my, my valuables. I, I actually cleaned out my closet this year. And skeletons. <laughs> no. Uh, I cleaned out quite a bit of clothes. I was like, why do I have these clothes? I don't go into the office as much. I'm working from home mostly. And, you know, all these fancy clothes I used to wear out to clubs and stuff and bars and, you know, dancing and stuff and yahooing around motorcycle clothes that I never really wore. I got rid of them. I was like, I, I just need enough to get by. I need enough. I don't need fancy. In fact, the other day I, w- I was shopping around for a T-shirt. <laughs> you guys are not. This is very uh, uh, con- con- contra- contradictive. I'm sorry, I can't speak today, guys. Um, I bought a t-shirt and it cost $45, $45 for a fucking t-shirt guys. It was a high quality t-shirt. It literally was heavier than shit. I could kid you not. I was like, wow, all I need is like two of these t-shirts. I can get rid of everything in my closet. I'll just wear these and take good care of them. I'll just wear those, these two t-shirts. One, I'll get one in of like two or three different colors, right? And take really good care of it. Get rid of all this bullshit in my closet. Why do I have 17 of the same colored t-shirt? You know, what am I, George Jetson? What am I, a cartoon character that, oh, you know, <laughs> you'd open a closet and you see the same thing over and over? You know, the Lisa Simpson closet. Yeah, I, I did that. I bought a $45 t-shirt and I love it. And uh, you'll see it in my uh, YouTube videos uh, here in a bit. Um, it's a green colored shirt. I love it. Uh, t-shirt, no logos, no nothing. Just very high quality, very heavy. Doesn't wrinkle. Um, they did warn me about uh, it shrinking up. So uh, whatever that material is, uh, and it stretches a bit. And uh, yeah, very well made. I actually got a compliment on it the first day that I wore it, which is for a shirt with nothing on it. It's just a plain green shirt. Someone noticed it. They're like, oh, that's, a, that's a nice shirt you got on here, buddy. It's like, yeah, you can see it. <laughs> so yeah, quality things, you know, small quality things. You know, I... I like the idea of a man going out there and buying an expensive jacket that he's going to wear a lot. An expensive pair of boots. I have $300 pair of boots that I use the shit out of. They're hiking boots, but they have uh, dual use. They can be used for hiking and also riding on my motorcycle. They have a high enough ankle point that, uh, you know, it protects my ankle. And it's made of Dyneema, which is, uh, you'll have to Google it. Dyneema is incredibly strong. And motorcycle meshes and materials uh, that they use on their clothing are some of which are bulletproof, actually, like Kevlar's and, and carbon fibers and Dyneema in this case, another one of the super expensive materials. Yeah, I bought a $300 pair of boots. I didn't pay $300 for it, actually. I think I paid $160. But long story short is that I had to have those boots because I knew that I was going to buy shoes that were going to last me 10 years. I said to myself, I'm gonna buy something high quality that's gonna last me 10 years. I'm gonna buy this jacket, it's gonna last me 10 years. That type of thing. I'm not growing anymore, guys. I'm you know, I'm almost 40. Yeah, the closet's shrinking, the vehicles shrinking, you know. Uh the house is not huge, it's a small two-bedroom home. You know, I didn't go for that three hundred thousand dollar home. They they approved me for a loan for three hundred and twenty grand, you know, and I took out a a loan for a home for $127,000 in this climate of real estate market. Yeah, very small home, 
maybe like a thousand square foot, 900 something square feet, two bedroom. Don't like the fact that it has a single bath, you know. I can afford more, but I chose less. And thank God I did. Oh my gosh. We'll talk about that in maybe another episode. But very affordable, you know, under a thousand dollars for the mortgage insurance, you know, and all that, you know, taxes, mortgage, PMI, all that stuff, you know, um, very affordable house. All right. And I can afford way more, but no, 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 no. Well within my means. And that allows me some liberties, right? To take care of other things in the life, you know. You know, future finances, like like <laughs> investing, something that we need to do in order to raise our bar, right? The next thing is is finances. You know, I took care of the credit and got the house, got the car, blah, 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 blah. Took care of the credit because they said hey, in America you need credit. I was like, all right, I, I worked on that, you know. And I got it done and I got the house. Now, I don't really need credit anymore for anything unless I'm doing something specific. You know, got your savings. That was just something I'm always working on is trying to save because here in America, saving is just not really viable anymore. You know, when I was younger, they had four and five percent APY on savings accounts. Five percent APY? It's crazy talk right now. There's less than one percent APY on, on savings accounts. So, you know, looking around for financial vehicles and money market accounts you know that can you know hold your dollar and have it hold some sort of value because holding a dollar in in a savings account is basically like burning it <laughs> and you guys can watch all those ray dalio videos on youtube and you know uh minority uh mindset and you know who else uh, graham stefan and dave ramsey and who else is out there you know plenty of people are out there giving you good advice on uh their financial structure and, and how to improve it. I did take those advice. I actually built a website and sold uh, last year, uh, the year before last. It was a finance website and it's basically teaching people how to improve their credit and how to you know uh, invest uh, safely in that particular uh, market. And I sold it to some crypto guy and I guess he turned into some sort of crypto site, whatever. Uh, and nowadays I'm always looking for some sort of vehicle to stash you know the acorns right because we live in a world where it's hard to do that um first off it's hard to even acquire the money and then second off when you acquire it where do you put it you know um bonds are not looking as great as they used to uh crypto is sketchy as always um the stocks is a wild wild west a lot of speculation all right. Uh, options. A lot of people don't know very much about that, and it's a very, it's very much of a, a learning curve. Forex is forex, and you know when the volume's good, it's good. When it's not, it's not. And you have to have skills in forex. You have to have skills, just like any other thing. And uh, yeah, so there's a lot of vehicles out there. You know, I'm dabbling. You know, diversifying. And I'm getting older, so I have to. Uh, I can still be risky. But I can't be, you know, crazy like, uh, you know, in my twenties. So yeah, raising the bar a bit to the to to the finances, right? And that means me spending less, lowering my footprint, right? Lowering the footprint so that I don't have car payments. My home payment is less than my apartment payment was, right? Uh, I'm not buying fancy clothes anymore, right? When I go out, I don't really spend very much uh, unless I'm with someone or I'm on a date. And then, you know, I, I, I do go a little bit overboard uh, 
sometimes you know just depends i pay for everything uh you know I, i'm just one of those type of people that do that uh, you know if i'm dating somebody and uh we go out then i'm doing the most not the most but uh, you know I'm, I'm paying for stuff i'm not asking them to split bills and stuff i don't live that type of way i'm not that kind of guy um teaches them but yeah you know I, I, that's a luxury for me you know um travel not so much these days i'm not really interested in very much travel uh music i love it <laughs> i'm gonna go to a concert here and there but only worthwhile ones you know basically i've lowered my footprint enough to where i can do those things so that's the financial situation right and then you know other aspects of life that we want to raise the bar with that are you're difficult because you, you look at yourself and you look at the fact that you can't do everything alone. You can't always be alone. You, you know, I'm a very, I'm very much a lone wolf. I mean, here you are listening to me on this podcast by myself. <laughs> I'm going to have guests eventually, guys. Just trust me. But look, you can't do everything alone. You know, I've realized that. I'm at that point in my life where I'm realizing that I can't do everything alone. Uh, and I don't want to. You know, I, I really, I, honestly, at the end of the day, I, I really don't even want to. So that comes to the point of raising the bar in relationships right um you know love life wise i would say that i've done pretty well in life because i don't have any enemies you know i don't talk to my exes they don't they know not to contact me but they're not my enemies if they, we saw each other in the street it'd be a very amicable you know experience you probably wouldn't even know that we were exes you probably think that we were just like longtime friends or something you know we all the women that I've dated before, they know not to contact me and they don't contact me and I don't contact them. Very healthy relationships that I've led in my life and I like to continue having those type of relationships and possibly a long-term relationship that was even longer than the ones that I've had because I've only had long-term relationships. Um, you know, flings and stuff, I, not really not my, my energy. Um, I've had a couple and I knew it wasn't my energy, you know, and uh, I'm trying to build something like that right now, you know, with this person I'm dating. And so that that quality that I'm bringing to the relationship, right? Eventually, I say to myself, this is a quality I'm bringing. Is it going to be reciprocated? Is it being reciprocated? Has it been reciprocated? Each and every step of the way, you know? So I have that knowledge from previous relationship that I'm bringing into my new one. So raising the bar in my love life is, is definitely a challenge. And it always is, you know, for, I guess for everyone, but it's not bad. It's not bad having to do that, you know, because it's, it's, a, it's a process taking steps, you know? And so, uh, I look at my relationship. I look at my parents' relationship. I look at my friends' relationship, right? And I have those biases to compare. And I say to myself, all right, if I'm going to raise the bar in a relationship, it's not the idea for me, you know, as a man in my uh, late 30s is not to set ultimatums and, and deadlines and time. It's, it's really not even, it's, it's to allow myself to live in my purpose and the relationship be a bonus to that. That's what I'm starting to figure out now is that raising the bar and all those other aspects were very simple because it, there was a, there's a process to it. But in relationships, you know, there's two people, you know, there's two people involved. And so, um, it's a process and I, I, there are times when I'm questioning whether or not I'm going down the right path and nine times out of 10, 
I am because, you know, I, I get validated by, you know, the results. I get validated by the results. Like if I feel like a person's not ignoring me or whatever, and I say to myself, you know what, there's a million other things that person could be doing or feeling or whatever. And just because I'm in my feelings right now, doesn't mean that that person necessarily is or they don't have other stresses on them. Let me just wait. Let me just say something. And it works out. <laughs> the universe reflects. The universe, you know, bends the knee and, and, it, and it delivers. All right. And so, you know, I'm at that point in life where the relationship thing is, is, uh, is slowly raising the bar a bit. Slowly. You know, I'm getting quality out of it. I'm getting the amount of time that I need to do stuff like this, this podcast. I'm getting that type of time. I'm getting time to work on my projects and, and weird things. Work. You know, the person I'm dating now is just as busy as I am with, you know, her own things. And, uh, which is great, you know? And which brings me to, uh, the second half of this podcast. And I'm saying to myself, what would happen if minorities in America, minorities specifically, right? What would happen if they raised the bar in all aspects? I haven't raised the bar in all aspects. I have a lot of things that I need to work on. And I'm still working on it. It's a journey, guys. But what would happen if a majority of minorities, in particular, black and Hispanic men, black and Hispanic men and women, right? Definitely black men and, and black women. Oh, my gosh. Because they're here, you know, and they're here to stay. And I say to myself, well, um, what would happen if they uh, raised the bar, guys? <laughs> what would society look like if everybody raised the bar a bit in all those aspects? 